You're listening to Multiversal You Podcast. I'm Andrea. Today's episode honors the release of the new movie, The Exorcist Believer. Stay tuned as I tackle the truth behind possessions and share my own demonic encounters. If you love all things horror like myself, then this is something you won't want to miss. Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for listening to my show. It's always an honor to be here with all of you. I'm so happy that we're finally in what I call the best time of year. I greatly enjoy the month of October. It's actually my favorite holiday, even above Christmas. I suspect the reason I treasure it so much is that my mother and her sisters made it ridiculously fun for us kids. We did the usual stuff like carving pumpkins, baking Halloween cookies while binging on horror flicks. I grew up on scary films such as John Carpenter's Halloween and A Nightmare on Elm Street, which absolutely terrified me. There's nothing worse than a villain that kills you in your dreams. I mean, what a terrifying concept. (laughs) The opening scene where the presumed lead character gets dragged across the ceiling by Some Invisible Force was Pure Genius by Wes Craven. And yes, I'm an 80s, early 90s kid. I think those film tricks that were used were so much better than the CG used in the remake. It gave me nightmares for weeks, but I loved it. I used to enjoy haunted houses, too, until I saw a film called Hellfest, which is where a serial killer murders people in plain sight and everyone thinks it's part of the experience. So I no longer go to those. I, for some reason, never even thought of that possibility. So thanks to whoever wrote that movie for opening my eyes. But seriously, I think that's why it's my favorite holiday. It brings out the kid in everyone. I love to see the houses that go over the top with decorations They've got fog machines and scary sound effects playing. To me, all of that is lightheartedness, and that's a trait I need more of. I'm a strong person, and that strength has allowed me to overcome many obstacles throughout my life. But sometimes it's translated as rigidity, which is expressed through the need to control. In other words, I tend to be a little uptight. That's the number one issue that I'm consistently working on. It's a recurring theme in my daily meditations. It's always learn to go with the flow, detach yourself from fixed outcomes, and just enjoy the moment. But October seems to be a month when I don't have that problem. Anyway, that's my spill on why I love this holiday and why I'm super excited to do this episode. 
Now, horror movies, fall festivals, and haunted houses are all meant to bring you entertainment. However, if you've ever had an actual experience with dark entities, you know that it's anything but fun. Which leads me to the topic of this show, Demonic Possessions. In the last episode, I touched on what demons were, but allow me to dig a little deeper. There's always a polar opposite to everything. That means we can divide every race of beings into two groups, benevolent and malevolent. Demons date back to ancient times and are very similar throughout different cultures. All speak of an inner battle between light and darkness, which is how angels and demons came to be. These atmospheric entities serve either under God or a Satan figure or supreme leader of an underworld. Now, when I studied the Bible, I never spent too much time on the subject because I didn't want to give them more energy than they deserved. And honestly, it was creating fear within me, which made sleeping difficult sometimes. If memory serves me correctly, the book of Isaiah chapter 14 speaks of how one day we'll look upon Satan and say, Is this the one who made the earth tremble? Who formed it into a wilderness and wouldn't permit his prisoners to return home? Prisoners here can be interpreted several ways. It is believed that those who welcome demonic entities into their lives become inflicted with physical handicaps and mental illnesses. Basically, their spirit becomes hostage to an inoperable body. Another interpretation is demonic oppression, which is different from possession. Oppression is when a dark entity attaches itself to a person and influences his or her behavior by clouding their judgment, causing confusion, and instilling fear through nightmares. The human's lack of sleep enables the demon to easily control their actions. They become like a marionette for the entity. The final interpretation is demonic possession. This is when the entity takes ownership of the physical body. Now, minus Greek mythology, religions throughout the globe agree that these malevolent spirits are here to create havoc for humans not only are they viewed as the cause of plagues, hurricanes, and earthquakes, but they're also responsible for leading children of the light astray. Tools such as the Ouija board, crystals, spells, and potions are often recognized as the gateway to the underworld. Once opened, it takes an authority figure of light to close it. Now, before I get into how possessions work, I'd like to share my own demonic experience with you. At least one of them. It was a cold, dark, and stormy night. No, I'm just kidding. It was actually in the middle of a very hot summer evening in Texas. I was at home drinking a glass of wine, or actually a bottle of wine, if I'm being honest. My husband, now ex husband, had been deployed to Afghanistan, leaving me alone in our home. I had some feelings of resentment towards him that I wasn't really wanting to deal with, hence the one. After my third glass, I turned off the TV and lights and headed to bed. 
I took out my contacts, brushed my teeth, and changed into my PJs, leaving my bathroom and closet door opened. Now, the closet was located inside the bathroom, which both could be seen from my side of the bed. I never do that, so it's strange that I did it that night. I'm such a freak about opened closet and bathroom doors at night. Anyway, I laid down facing the ceiling and closed my eyes. I had this feeling of fear that wasn't coming from inside me. It felt like it was more uh, surrounding me. I can't describe it any other way. As most people do in scary movies, I brushed it off and tried to fall asleep. Suddenly, I heard what sounded like knocking. I quickly sat up and waited to see if it would happen again. Nothing. So I got up and looked through the peephole in the front door. No one was there, so I went back to bed. Now, my heart was beating a little faster than usual, so I said out loud, God does not give me the spirit of fear, and then closed my eyes again. I must have fallen asleep because all of a sudden I could feel myself sinking through the bed. I began to free fall through the ground and into blackness. I fell for quite a while when out of nowhere, this huge chain with a hook at the end came up out of the darkness from behind me and passed through my chest. The hook at the end broke my fall and the force of the abrupt stop caused me to cough out blood. I just hung there, Mission Impossible style, the veins in my head and neck popping out. I grabbed the hold of the chain, trying to relieve the pain as I hovered over some type of entrance. It was too dark for me to see, but I made out what looked to be parts of a round pit of some sort, made from massive, massive stones. Just then, my body started to fall towards the opening, each drop causing excruciating pain with its rapid start and stop motion. Suddenly, the chain was yanked from me, and I dropped right into the tunnel. The deeper I went, the colder it became. As soon as I hit the very bottom of that black hole, I opened my eyes and saw my bedroom ceiling. It felt as if the bed was bouncing a little from my landing, and I could still feel the anguish in my chest, which worsened my fear. As if that weren't enough, I slowly turned my head towards my bathroom. It was abnormally black. Usually I can see the outline of my clothes in the closet when the lights are off, but I couldn't see anything. I just stared in silence absolutely terrified. That's when I heard something breathing, and then knocking. Only it wasn't knocking I was hearing. There were footsteps of some sort of animal with hooves. I didn't see anything, but the steps were loud, really loud, and moving towards me. I jumped out of bed, didn't grab anything but my car keys and drove to my parents' house who lived five minutes away. It was probably about one o'clock in the morning when I left. I slept in my parents' guest bedroom until my husband returned home, which wasn't until four or five months later. (laughs) 
That's how terrified I was. Now, I know some of you are thinking, what brand of wine was she drinking? I'm not going to lie, it was a cheap bottle of wine, but not so cheap that it came in a box. <laughs> no, but seriously, my experience wasn't one of a kind. When I told my brother about it, he showed me the story of a woman who had a similar encounter. She also heard the footsteps of what appeared to be an animal with hooves and red eyes. She actually saw two oversized antlers coming from the top of its head. Its steps made the same knocking sounds I heard. Watching her stories solidified it for me. I was like, yep, not going back there. That was one of the craziest moments in my life. I'll never forget it, that's for sure. But I haven't experienced anything like that since, and I'll explain why. This is the problem I have with fear-based teachings. As I stated in the last episode, we are co-creators with God. When you're taught that there are evil forces out there who are trying to win your soul and torture you in hell for all eternity, it's only a matter of time before you experience something like that. It mainly happens to those who are extraordinarily hard on themselves. For the most part, they live an honorable life filled with integrity. It's when they quote-unquote backslide into worldly experiences that they perceive as bad that they become overwhelmed with guilt. With guilt brings the thought of punishment, which comes to those who have fallen from grace. None of that is true, of course, but it's taught to the masses to instill fear. Now, I'm not going to refute the existence of demonic spirits who display ill intentions towards the souls of earth. There are malevolent beings who wish to keep this planet in a state of low vibration. There's no denying that. You can see that playing out right now. They're not just demons or fallen angels either. There's a variety of dark beings who come from various parts of the universe. As I said earlier, there's light and darkness in every form of creation. What I will speak to is how possessions by demonic forces work. I'll start with an example of the original film, The Exorcist. Movies always portray possessions as if the human soul is still present within the body. There are several scenes where she's asking for help through markings on her body, or we hear her voice for brief moments at a time. In real life, there are cases documented by hypnotherapists where one soul departs a living body and another steps in to take its place. They are known as walk-ins. These exchanges often occur when a soul is ready to leave the body but isn't willing to let the body go in death. The switch can take place during a person's sleep, when one is under anesthesia, in comas, near-death experiences, and other similar conditions that allow for smooth transitions. The reason for walk-ins is life proves to be too difficult for certain souls, but they don't want to waste their avatar's life. It's much preferred for someone else to inhabit the earthly vessel. Another, usually more experienced soul, takes its place 
keeping all of the memories of the previous owner. This enables the new soul to accomplish its goals without having to overcome any obstacles from childhood. Some characteristics will naturally reflect the new soul, which can be a little confusing to close relatives or childhood friends. Any traumas that were done to the body leave with the original owner, allowing the new soul to work from its own experiences, gifts, and knowledge. Now, there are times when a light being cannot be found, and a dark entity seizes the opportunity to take a physical form. Oftentimes, it invites more than one to join them. Now, make no mistake. The original soul is long gone by choice. Everything is done by free will. Horror films portray evil spirits overtaking the body as if they're more powerful than light. Without the mercy of light, darkness wouldn't even exist. It's only allowed to remain because love hopes it will come back to source. We all know this world is taxing and sometimes we form an attachment to our earthly avatars. In such cases, your higher self may request an experienced soul to finish out its life in a way that brings good to the personality as well as its familial bloodline. This process is mentioned in the Bible, but it's written in a way that produces fear and only mentions dark entities as having this ability. No surprise there. But if it's true for one side of the spectrum, then it holds true for the other. The universe is all about balance. And by the way, the verses I'm speaking of is in Matthew chapter 12. The unclean spirit roams in search of rest but doesn't find any. So it goes back to where it came from and sees the house unoccupied, cleaned, and put in order. The operative word is unoccupied. They're only able to enter a body that has no owner, which mainly happens when a person is in an unconscious state. That's the best time for transitions because that's when your soul is in clear communication with its higher self and guides without the interference of the mind. Should your life prove to be too much and you decide to call it quits, your guides might suggest a walk-in. But it's not always possible to find a volunteer because we each have goals we want to accomplish. Some want to heal past wounds. Some just want to have what's known as a vacation life. They don't have any real problems. They're just basically floating through this reality, usually because their last cycle was traumatic. Either way, walk-ins get to see if the families that are connected to the avatar are conducive to their growth. To their goals. If they're not, then they'll wait for one that is. Now, light is powerful. There's no doubt about that. But if you don't know how to harness the power within, then that's where tools come in. Certain crystals possess positive energies that bring protection, create barriers, and cleanse environments. I myself am big on crystals and use them for clarity when writing teachings, but I also use them during my meditations and when I need to amplify healing energies within my body. P. 
pyramids are also powerful energetic receivers. They channel universal energy that purifies the home and the people in it. Now, all these tools are meant to be temporary until you know that the composition of your spirit is all the protection you need. You are a piece of God. You're much bigger than the physical body, which is why you have an aura. That's just the overflow of your spirit, the part of you that doesn't fit inside your earthly vessel. Exercising your light force is as easy as closing your eyes and seeing the light within you shooting out and forming a protective barrier around you and your home. I've been approached by dark entities during my meditations. A golden light comes out of my heart and creates a barrier just by me thinking it. I tell it that it cannot pass into my space and it leaves. Yes, the idea of demonic possessions is horrifying. But understand that movies like The Exorcist are to be seen as entertainment only. If you've had encounters like I have, then take that as an opportunity to reevaluate your belief system. Are you approaching God from a fear-based perspective or one of liberty and love? He is the Father of us all. He accepts your decision to walk away, but He's always going to welcome you back with open arms. You are the apple of his eye. We all are. Do you really think he would stand by and let a dark entity take you against your will? Of course not. That only happens in movies. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to my show. If you enjoyed this message, please don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. I am truly grateful for all the listeners breathing life into Multiversal You. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. As always, love, peace, and light to you all.